Hello everyone and welcome to the Captain Supercoach inaugural podcast. I am one of your hosts, Dane Gade, aka Dano, and with me I have Matt Patterson, aka Pato. Welcome, Matt. Well, thank you very much, Dane. Yeah, we've known each other for a fair few years now, uh, Pato. I mean, we've been talking for a while about starting up a podcast or something like that. And um, it's just got to a point now where we're like, why not? Why not indeed? Hearing all these podcasts, you think, oh, it'd be a great idea. And we have been talking about it for quite a while now. But yeah, why not? Just to give people a bit more of a background on you, um, how long have you actually been playing for, man, off the top of your head? So um, quite, a, quite a few years back when I used to pick all the mid prices. Um, I think we all <laughs> did that when we first started, just think, oh, yeah, I like that player. And before you you learn the, the guns and rooks sort of strategy. So, yeah, back when I was a teenager, so probably going back sort of eight, nine, ten years. I was all over it when I was uh, in high school, back at Frankston High. Yeah, I was really crap, to be honest. I was crap. <laughs> like, no one gave me any guidance. There wasn't all of these super coach pages and whatnot out there. Well, there was her, but that was about it. <laughs> um, they've kind of stopped now out of nowhere. But anyway, we're not going to plug I other pages. I think they got bought out. So, you know, good on her for cashing in, I reckon. Yeah, Paige Cardona, shout out right there. Yep. Anyway, uh, yeah, I started doing the same thing. I started out with all the mid prices and all that. I struck gold one year. Picked, I've picked a couple of breakouts over the years. Most of them I've had the balls to pick. A couple of them I didn't and I regretted it. But like yourself, we're okay with making bold calls. We'll cop it if it doesn't come off. But, geez, man, we look good when it does. Absolutely. And you've got one that you've started with this year that I am actually looking at bringing in this week, but we'll maybe talk about that later. Oh, yeah. We'll keep that content for later, man. Let's have a look at our teams. Got it. So I haven't started off great. I scored 1,864. Um, not the best of starts. I'm ranked 65,000. Um, but I did start someone that didn't play on the weekend. So I'm hoping that uh, I can make a little bit more of a run once Zach Williams now hits the park. Ah, uh, so you did the old bold uh, Zach Williams play. See, this is what we're talking about. Not many people have the balls to do this stuff and you've just gone out and gone, I'm going to keep him on the bench. Yep. Yeah, was, I did it Thursday during the day. I was looking at the team. I had to finalise my team because I went to that game. Um, sort of didn't want to sit on my phone fixing my super coach when I'm taking my missus to the, the footy. Um, so made sure it was all done before we if he left. And I thought, no, nah, fuck it. Let's just start him on the bench and nothing, and jump on him while he's 450K. So I've backed in Jake Lloyd, Rory Laird. And I'm backing Jaden Short to have a really big year. Like I know a lot of people are on him. I was spewing when he had that big game in the preseason because I, I was on him all summer, as you would attest to. Yep, um, I'm yep. a huge Tigers man, and I saw his uh, role change last year with Basher Hooley coming in and out of the team. Um, even over the final series, once Basher did come back into the team, I just saw that he was, you know, the one that was had the ball in his hands and and looking for all that offensive drive. And I thought, you know, he's going to really back that in for a really big year this year. He won the best and fairest in a in a premiership side, which isn't easy to do, especially for a 24 year old at the time. So I think um, he'll continue to grow this year. Um, and I'm backing him in for a big year. Um, and obviously, Zach Williams off the bench, didn't play. Um, and I've, I've started Jordan Clark as well, who who was decent enough on the weekend as a mid-pricer. Uh, so started uh, Lockie Neal, Cam Oliver, Clayton Oliver, <laughs> um, Josh <laughs> Kelly and Paddy Cripps. Um, 
So, you know, gone the big three with um, Neil, Oliver and Kelly. And I think um, like a lot of others as well, um, I think Cripps has had a big preseason and I think he's in for a pretty big year as the, the Blues captain. Nice, nice. Any mid-prices in there or...? No, nah, the no mid prices. Just gone with the the guns and rooks in midfield. I um, had a look at a few mid prices, but I just thought, nah, just stick with the big guns in Neil and Oliver, who I think are probably two of the better midfield premiums on offer, and I think they'll be in every team by the end of the year. Yeah, um, most likely, and yeah. I'm keeping my fingers crossed for Josh Kelly and his hamstrings and whatever else he's done <laughs> over the years to finally play twenty plus games. This is the year, I think, Dane. Well, I'm, I'm with you, but I'm biased. So uh, for those yeah. that don't know, um, I'm actually a Giants fan. Uh, Pato is actually a Richmond fan. We uh, don't talk about that one particular grand final. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't. <laughs> yeah, you brag all the time. But anyway, <laughs> um, Rucks. Now, this is where I'm intrigued is what you've done in the Rucks. Yeah, so um, I changed that also the day that I brought um, Zach Williams in. Um, and I went with Gorn and Grundy. Now, I, up until that Thursday of, of Richmond versus Carlton, I had Grundy, I had Matt Flynn on the bench, and I had Sam Draper all summer. And right. I was backing him in for a big year, um, but I got a bit of wet feet and went with Gorn. I thought Gorn's first six weeks are just far too attractive from a an opponent standpoint. And I thought if he averages 150 over the first six weeks, I'm just going to be way too behind the the teams that do start with Gorn. So and I think he's, you know, he's a captaincy option every week. Um I didn't come off last week. I had him as my captain, but I think overall he's pretty good for a 120 plus score and you'll lock that in as a captain. Um, so up forward, I started Dangerfield, Dusty, and Phillips as my premiums. Um, I'm, I'm backing in Tom Phillips, whether you want to call him a mid-pricer or not. I'm backing him in to have a really big year. I thought he was underutilised last year at Collingwood. Um, not that I choose to watch too many Collingwood games, but all reports he's playing sort of that half-forward role, which he isn't really good at. Um, going back to 2019, when he was playing on the wing at Collingwood, I thought... Now, he made the All-Australian squad and was probably really unlucky not to get a wing in that year. Um, and I, I'm backing him in at Hawthorne to, to really have a big year. Awesome stuff. Well, um, I finally loaded my team page. Um, Beautiful. So <laughs> um, I ended up getting into the top uh, between 4,000 and 5,000 rank. Um, my, I got a score of 2,120. Um, but that was, also <laughs> that was also with Matt Real on the field. Um, which did not help in the slightest, but I'll get to that uh, in a minute. Uh, I also had Nick Cox on the field too. <laughs> so I had a yeah, couple of shockers. Yeah, a lot of coaches on the weekend. Yeah, and I had Jimmy Rowe on the bench and I couldn't get him onto the field. So I could have been, and I think it was, we calculated that I think 30 points, you jump up about 2,000 spots. So, yeah, that, that shattered me, but... As uh, it goes every year, um, the game's not won in round one. Uh, usually the winners end up coming from like 10,000K or something like that. Um, I think last year's winner came from 60,000 after round one to win. So anyway, I'll well, get to my team. Well for me, that's where I'm sitting at the moment. So Yeah, you're in your chance. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I got Rory Laird uh, in the back line uh, as one of my primos with Callum Mills. And I was so shocked that only 2.8% of teams had Callum Mills. 
I mean, I know Horse is a bit like he's a bit of a dick when it comes to um, roles and stuff like that. He says Mills is going to play midfield and then plays him off half back or whatever. Um, but I backed him in, and Horse, thank you. Um, yeah, Mills he played in the guts, and Cheesy played well. But my other defensive primo, I went with three. Is Jeremy Howe? He still scored okay. Didn't score over 100, but I'm not going to trade my primos unless I have to. That's my number one rule. In the midfield, I got Clayton Oliver and Jackson McRae, uh, as well as Josh Kelly. But I also got Nat Fife. I've gone really, really heavy in the mids. I also got two mid prices. So I've got so I've got Clayton Oliver, Jackson McRae, Josh Kelly, Nat Fife. But my new two mid prices, which one I mentioned earlier, was Matt Real and Timmy Taranto. Bit of GWS Giants bias there. Very interesting. <laughs> yeah. I actually saw a value for uh, rookies in defense where no one else did. So I went a bit more heavier in the midfield players who I think could break into that top 10 bracket or who will be there. But obviously, Rao went down. So I have to trade him. My rucks was my ballsy call. As you know, Pato. I have been hyping this one person up. He's not a primo for the last two years. The last two years. He should have debuted two years ago, but then he popped his knee. Last year he came back and I was like, okay, he's going to debut, he's going to debut, and I was hoping he wouldn't because I wanted him for this year. And Leon Cameron wrapped him up in cotton wool, just played him in the resis. Matt Flynn. Matt Flynn is my R2. He's built like a brick shit house. People think he's like they just oh, thought he would be a string bean or something like a Timmy English was. Mate, he's 23. He's a mature body. He is literally Shane Mumford, but he can actually move. <laughs> he can actually he's move. He's ready to go. Oh, I love me some Flinny. Um, he's my R2. I know I'm talking about premiums, but I had to mention Flinny because I spoke him up. I talked him up. Everyone was like, nah, you got to go Grundy Gorn. I'm like, nah, mate. I'm going to go Gorn and Flynn. So I went Gorn, forward line, which is where I've also got now a dilemma. I had Dangerfield, but I also had Dunkley and Dusty. So I can't really downgrade Dangerfield to Dunkley or Dusty, but we'll talk about that later. Um, but my fourth player, who's a mid-pricer, is Jai Caldwell. Um, <laughs> I think he cracked a ton in AFL fantasy. So it shows that he can get the ball. He's just got to use it better. So my thoughts are he will clean up his disposal a little bit. But it looks like that they're going to have two Dylan Shields in the midfield at friggin' Essendon. Uh, Jai Caldwell is literally Dylan Shield, but younger. But anyway. Um, so um, yeah, those poor <laughs> Essendon forwards who are going to be doing a lot of work just to get a fingernail on the ball. Pretty much. Anywhere. <laughs> Pretty much. With Dyson <laughs> Apple playing halfback. Oh, oh, anyway. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's our teams. Do you want to kick us off? How last round went, uh, the first game, the blockbuster game. I was uh, watching very closely. I was at the game, obviously, um, lucky enough to get a ticket, thankfully. Um, it was an interesting game. I thought um, Richmond looked very flat early on, and, that, and that's probably just, you know, four or five weeks less of a preseason. And I, w- I was a bit disappointed in um, Cripps had a huge first half. Um, was on about 60-odd at half time, I think, and then just – disappeared for the second half but um 
one one person that really impressed me was Sam Walt. And I know there's quite a few people within the Supercoach community that that had the the nads to start him. I didn't quite have the nads the, that's that big to to start him. I think he's going to be a really good Supercoach player a couple of years down the track after a few more preseasons. But he sort of seemed to take that Crips role of the the cape on his back and just just carried that midfield. He was really impressive. Jaden Short. So he's still turned up. He got 100 on the dot. Um, but Carlton put quite a bit of pressure on him. Um, they used different guys, but I don't know the Carlton players well enough to know who ran with him, but I just know they didn't give him a lot of space. So I'm hoping that's not a trend throughout the season because Richmond have just shown over the years that you can you can put the clamps on on anyone you like and someone else is just going to sort of bob up and and play play their role. And that's that's what's made Richmond such a juggernaut over the last four years or so. But I was really impressed with Jaden Short, who's still had an impact on the game while having a bit of attention against him. One one interesting one, we all know how good Dusty is and, you know, big stage back at the MCG in front of Richmond fans where he was always going to have that big game. And then Captain Hindsight here, I wish I had to put the VC on him instead of Crips, but that's another issue. <laughs> yep. He was just so bloody good to watch in the flesh again, but I won't I won't have a little wank fest over Dusty in the, on the podcast. <laughs> Um, the one player that really impressed me, and, and I've been big on him for a while as a, as a potential breakout option, but more so once Cochin moves out of that midfield, was um, Jack Graham. Now, he, he struggles a little bit when he's playing with Cochin and Dusty and those sorts because he is that sort of in and under contested sort of beat, uh, beast. But with Cochin being a laid out with Gastro on Friday, um, Jack Graham just seamlessly moved into that role and absolutely killed it. And I thought every time we needed a big clearance, um, he was the one that – that really got on top. And I mean, I don't think he's a super coach option. I think he's really awkwardly priced and I don't see him being super relevant. He's 446K as a mid only. I just don't think he's someone that you should be picking, especially with Cochin to come back into the team. I just think his role changes a fair bit. Sometimes he plays off a wing, sometimes he tags, sometimes, but from a, from a purely footy perspective, he was huge on the weekend in the midfield. Um, and I think down the track. If Cochin moves to a halfback or whatever eventually later on in his career, I think Jack Graham's one that could really break out one one year. But yeah, that's probably about it from the the super coach relevant discussion out of those guys. Doherty was okay, but still not really what you want out of a out of a premium, I don't think. Um, which is really sad after a couple of ACLs in a row after being, you know, the first guy you'd pick in your defense going back to 2018. Adam Saad was one that got a fair bit of the footy, but I just think just like most of his Essendon counterparts, they just he just can't use the footy. So I think I don't think he's super relevant, and that's, I think, about it. Paddy, um, Paddy Dow is someone that was in a lot of teams and was actually in my team for most of the preseason, um, but I didn't end up going with him. He had 50-odd at halftime, and I thought, gee, I've made a mistake here not pick, not starting him. <laughs> um, ended on 60, though, which when he's getting 18 touches and kicking a goal, you'd probably want a little bit more out of someone that's a bit more expensive than a, than a proper rookie. Um, I think people are looking for him to go more towards 80 to 90 to make a fair bit of coin to as a cash cow, but I think he disappointed a lot on the weekend and with Zach Williams to come back in and play a bit more midfield I think um, I think if you started him you'd be a little bit concerned but good luck to anyone that did start him I'll go on to the Collingwood Bulldogs game which is interesting because this one the, the game looked like the, the doggies were going to absolutely smack the crap out of Collingwood early and then Collingwood just did this slow grind but the, out of the top 10 highest disposal getters of that game, the first nine are all Western Bulldogs players. You got Smith, McRae, Hunter, Dunkley, Bontepelli, Libba, 
Daniel, Williams, and Lipinski, all ahead of Scott Pendlebury. That that's, is that's really interesting, is it? Yeah, I think I think that's why I was so worried about starting, you know, Dunkley, etc. Dunkley, McRae, etc. Because the Bulldogs' midfield just goes so deep, and I I feel like Bevo is really going to rotate their midfielders, and I think Libba. Uh, Libba, Bontempalli, those sort of guys are going to have games where they'll play sort of 60 70% forward. And I think we saw that with Bontempalli. He didn't kick any goals. He had 28 touches, but just didn't have his usual impact through the guts. And I think, um, you know, we saw McRae, he got 118. Bailey Smith was a big one. He's in no teams, but he had 36 touches. But I feel like, you know, McRae could go onto a wing and, and get 25 touches and then and then someone like Trelaw will go into the guts and get 35, you know. And I just I feel like they're going to rotate their midfielders. And, and when you look at a pure footies perspective, I think they're going to make a really good run to the finals by being able to rotate those midfielders. Um, I had McRae most of the preseason and I'm spewing I didn't end up starting him. Um, I hope... I didn't have McRae at all last year and it absolutely killed me all year. Um, and he just got too expensive to even bring him in. So I had to go with a cheaper option. But um, I feel like he might be my first upgrade target mm. at this rate. But we'll look at that throughout the weeks. Yeah. McRae is the one that I was least uh, worried about because I tried him on the wing last year and he, was, he, he wasn't good. He wasn't good on the yeah. wing. They put him back on the in on the ball, and he just does what he does. So I don't think that they can really play him anywhere else. Whereas Bont can go forwards, Hunter can go out to the wing or up forward. Yeah. Uh, Libba had a pretty good role up forward last year as a sort of lockdown yeah. and someone that could kick a couple of goals. Smith can do it. Um, it yep. was interesting the way that Bevo switched Trelaw around in that game. It's kind of like trying to. F- make him find his feet. Uh, he started, he, he didn't attend that many um, centre bounces. Uh, he was out on the wing at one stage and then he's playing up high half forward. In terms of super coach, I mean, you know, I've had, I have a big man crush on Trelaw. I have Dude, had a big man crush. The Giants. It, even even I, I couldn't hate the man. I just couldn't <laughs> hate the man. Even when he left the Giants, I was like, I really wanted to hate him, but I couldn't. Adam Trelaw, yep. man, shout out to you. Still love you. But yeah, in terms of super coach, bro, couldn't pick you right now. And I usually, like even in draft leagues and stuff, I always try and target him. But this year, I just, I just couldn't because I was like that. Again, your statement is that midfield runs so deep and it looks like Trelaw is going to have to find a new string to his bow in order to fit into it. Notable ones, Crisp. I did not mind him at all. He looks like yeah, that he a- could be a big pod in Supercoach. Uh, whether or not he can crack that top eight, I, I usually go for top eight defenders. Yeah, um, I'd, I reckon he could quite easily and he's so durable. He plays every week. Yeah, he doesn't miss games, um, but he always flies under the radars from radar from a super coach perspective. Even last year, averaged close enough to a hundred, and had though he has those big 130, 140 games every now and then. But you haven't seen him in many teams at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, if I sc- keep scrolling further down, I then see my boy Howe on thirteen disposals. <laughs> yeah, and- had eighty three from thirteen touches and six marks. Yeah, that's. I I am waiting for him. And I reckon it's going to be this round or the next round. He gets up to that 17, 18 disposal mark and he just does his marking thing. He will pump out more 120s like he was last year. Now, there was one player that I was talking to you about that I said I wouldn't captain them if I had them against the Bulldogs because of Stefan Martin, because Stefan Martin is such a good, what I call a negating ruck. Basically, whoever he goes up against, they don't get easy hit outs to advantage. They get hit outs, but it's like as if he can force 
their hand in order to not allow them to have that hit out to advantage. And it basically coughs it up to their own player. And that was Brody Grundy. And everyone was like, oh, Grundy's going to absolutely kill Bulldogs like he does every year. That's against Tim English. Yeah. They had Martin. And you go through the archives on who Martin goes up against. Generally, he negates them. So I'm going to be keeping an eye out. Like when um, the Bulldogs play Melbourne, I won't, I'm won't. i actually not going to have the gonads to vice-captain or captain Gorn because I, I reckon that Martin will, if Martin's playing, will do the same thing. He's just going to be that good negator. But people getting scared off Grundy. And the man pumps out huge scores generally. I want to take you back to 2019. Round one, March 22. Versus the Cats. Reese Stanley pulls something out of his butt. Brody Grundy gets an 81. Yep. So many people traded him out. His next lot of scores before he went below 100 again was 137, 132, 160, 100, 132, 108, 141, 144, 165, 124. Then he's finally bobbed below 100. Which was against Max Gorn. Back Brody Grundy in. Don't trade him out. Anyway, we'll move on to the next game, which was Melbourne versus the Dockers. Clayton Oliver, set and forget. Just he's a beast. Absolutely. I, th- Absolutely I think he's the new sort of Dane Swan. Um, no matter what Melbourne or Collingwood at the time are looking like doing, you pick him. He doesn't miss games. Uh, he's durable. He's an in- endurance beast. Always plays through the guts. And, yeah, he handballs the ball a lot. But... 35 touches, 122 super coach. What more do you want from your primos? He, he doesn't bob below 100 very often at all. The interesting one for me in defence, Steve May, the way he finished off last year was insane. Absolutely. Absolutely We, uh, we spoke about it last year and just, his role changed. He went from playing as that lockdown sort of fullback role to all of a sudden just playing as a, as a loose a loose defender who, who kicked the ball a lot. And he went from getting 10 sort of 12 disposals a game up to 20. 22 plus. Yeah, he had 24 on the weekend. And the thing that you got to like about him is his kick to handball ratio, 21 to 3. Yep, he kicks the ball and he's a long kick of the footy. And with these new kick out rules, I think they're going to want him going those long down the line. Max Gorn will sit sort of 60 metres away from the square and just clunk them. And I think that's his role this year. And if you started him, kudos to you. But I feel like he might put himself into that discussion as a top defender this year. But such a competitive position this year. So he averaged 95 last year. And that was off the back of that change of role halfway through the year. Um, And obviously flying with 117 so far this year. And he's only 29. That's not that old. Jeez, Um, he looks ancient. He has. He does. And we feel like he's been around forever. Yeah, you know, yeah. being up at the Suns for so many years as a as an eighteen year old rookie. Um, but yeah, I I don't see him as too old at all. I think um, if he can keep this role up and he can keep using the footy well out of defence, then why wouldn't you have, at least have a look at him? I mean, I think playing for the Suns through all those years would age you drastically anyway. Absolutely. Tom yeah. Lynch came up with eighty year old knees to Richmond, <laughs> and he was. They were both the captains there, co captains. So. You know, just the stress that have gone through those knees and their, their heads really gets to you. One player I want to focus a bit on, I did have him in my team and then I got rid of him because I was actually going to go with a real, real, real ballsy move playing Ben Cunnington in my midfield, which allowed me to have Hayden Young in defence. Uh, but then Cunnington wasn't named and all this sort of stuff. I'm like, nah, I'm not going to risk it. And I ended up going yeah. to Clayton Oliver. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, masterstroke. Um, but I... I then downgraded Hayden Young uh, to Nick Cox. And I really, really regretted that. But at the same time, love Clayton Oliver. But Hayden Young, 
he looked the goods. High draft pick. The Giants had to toss up between drafting Young and Ash, and they went with Ash. And yeah, Hayden Young slipped to Frio. Frio have got an absolute gem. Yeah, only 19, the 19 disposals. I think he got like an 88 or something off the top of my head. 17 kicks to two handballs. So that, that's the sort of kick to handball ratio that you really want to look for in those picks. Yeah, yeah. And he's going to make a fair bit of cash. And I'm. it's only going to be a matter of time before he cracks that 100. So whoever started him... If you got good structure in defense, he's kind of like a bit of a luxury for me. If you got like draft leagues or anything like that, I'd get him in. But he's only played six games and I just feel like he will be a bit up and down. But as you said, as a draft option, um, sitting on your bench as, as injury cover, I think, you know, Frio really want to get those roles into those young kids. Caleb Sarong last year and even again this year, Adam Chera, those sort of guys, they're, they're going to give the big roles and they're going to develop really well, I think, down at Frio. I think they've got a, a, an exciting future ahead of them. Fife was Fife. Fife is life. Um, Fife is life. <laughs> Andy Brayshaw absolutely slapped it around, silly. Absolutely. I've been, I've been huge on um, on Andy Brayshaw. He's um, straight into those guts. I think he spent a couple of years building up his tank, so that's why he's been a little bit up and down in the last couple of years. But it looks like he's really going to be that real heir apparent to, to Nat Fife. And if Fife goes forward at any stage as in a permanent role, Brayshaw might crack into that sort of 120 average and put himself into the discussion as a, as a proper premium. Mm, yeah, I agree. And the last thing for this game is what I'll say is if you don't have James Jordan, get him in. We got that Crows versus the Cats. My boy from Woodville West Torrens, Jimmy Bloody Rowe. You were huge on him. Um, You called it before the draft, I remember. Um, Funnily enough, I was at the NBL watching uh, the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix play and checking checking Supercoach scores, of course. That's what you do over the weekend. Whatever you're doing, you're always checking Supercoach scores. But just checking the scores of this game, and I was just in shock going, what what is into Adelaide? Um, It looks like they might be finally getting over the Richmond curse of – 2017 and and maybe spanking around the the next team that have been cursed after <laughs> losing a grand final to the mighty tigers jimmy was unreal because i watched bits and pieces of the sandful here and there and just watching him like one game he'd get 20 disposals and like four goals and you're just like oh the man's just taking the piss he goes out there and i was like okay i want to see what he can do at afl level like he's not a kid he's not a kid he's in his 20s Early 20s, though. The enthusiasm, he, he reminds me of um, uh, Binger from GWS, my boy, Brent Daniels. He, he's got something about him, and it translated into Supercoach. He was lifting everyone around him, just one of those players that lifts everyone around him, and he pumped out that, what was it, 104, I think it was, from off the top of my head? Yeah, 104 for a couple of goals, 16 touches, three tackles. Oh, the stats man. There you are. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's, he was unreal. So everyone get Jimmy Rowan. I liked uh, Berry as well. He didn't crack. I think he got a 59. Um, but- 59, which you'll take, I think, as a rookie. He's just got to hold his spot, really, well, with uh, with Crouch to come back into the team. Hopefully, well, he can hold his spot once he's back. I'm, look, I'm looking at the injury lists and whatnot, and they haven't really said much about Matt Crouch at all. Like, is he going to come yeah. back this week? Is he going to come back next week? It will not surprise me if Barry goes out and slaps out like a 90 or something just because he's built like a brick shit house. He's built like a brick shit house. And the, the fun stat that I had is he almost had as many tackles as disposals. He just yeah. loves a tackle. And to me, a yep. rookie that loves a tackle that doesn't get much of the ball, as soon as I get into the teens, like he had eight disposals, six kicks 
two handballs, one mark, and then seven bloody tackles. If he keeps the tackle numbers high, he gets into the teens in disposals. You're looking at a good rookie. And as we know in Supercoach, round one big scores don't mean much. They, they're only in that break-even calculation for one week, round one scores. You want them to do it in rounds two or three, preferably three. Yeah. And I reckon he's yeah. one of those and people that is capable of doing that. And AFL coaches love a tackle. They love guys that just get after it. And if he can keep doing that, it almost won't even matter what his disposal count is. He'll keep getting games. And, I mean, Adelaide are in a, a bit of a development stage at the moment and I feel like if he keeps tackling like he did on the weekend then he's going to keep getting games mm, yeah the um, other one Cam Guthrie if anyone's got him as a POD he's one of those guys that just goes under the radar last year he averaged well over 100 out of absolutely nowhere as well he's been around he just does his thing he's never going to get tagged and the key thing about watching that game was it looked like that Cam Guthrie was the only one giving a shit he was everywhere. He, he only got the 23 disposals and he also got five tackles along with it, but he got the one goal one, but he just looked like he was the only one out there trying to will Geelong over the line. Real real honest footy player. Um, yes. He had four free kicks against as well, which, I mean, he's not going to do that every week. So, I mean, if you love a great pod and you've got nads the size of Geelong um, <laughs> and Cam Guthrie, I mean, why not? Yeah, I, I honestly say why not. Paddy Dangerfield. The big decision on everyone's minds. If you didn't start Dangerfield and you didn't start Rao, good on you. I think the guy that got ranked number one, the Frenchman um, of uh, Crazy Frogs, I think the team's name is. I don't think he had either one. Oh, he might have had Dangerfield, but he didn't have both. So if you didn't start both Dangerfield and Rao, good on you. You're already one step ahead or even two steps ahead of everyone else. Yeah, two trades. You're saving two trades, really. I mean, I think Dangerfield, three weeks, I think that's what he's been offered. I think they're appealing it, but... If the, if the appeal gets upheld, I think three weeks you've got to trade. I think you fall too far behind. But if it gets down to one or two, then you almost have to hold him. I think his scoring yep. potential is just too high. That's my opinion. Well, you want him in at the end of the year. Correct. And Correct. So, He's definitely not yeah. anyone that you want in other teams against you because he just he scores those 120, 130, 140s and pushing shit uphill if you don't have him really. We'll just touch base on um, Clarkey and Butts. Um, I didn't mind Butts. He, his influence on the game was uh, really big, but his score wasn't. But I can say, like, with the injuries that the Crows have got, he's well and truly cemented his spot. He'll play week in, week out. His price will slowly rise. He might pump out a 70. I don't know. He'll never crack 100, I don't think, with the way that he plays. But he's a good little cash cow there. He's one that I've got in my defense. Uh, Rory Laird just being Rory Laird in the guts. Just, yeah, if you don't have Rory Laird, get Rory Laird. He's just going to yep. be ultra consistent. As that pure midfielder like last year, absolutely. Yep, yep. And then, yeah, your boy Clarky. I think he's going to get a bit more utilised by the Cats. I think, um, I think that Geelong realised throughout the final series last year and more so against uh, Richmond in the grand final. The thing they really lack is that foot speed. And I think as Selwood gets a bit older, Dangerfield's lost a bit of his pace. They don't. They really lack that real runner, and I think I think he can play that role as long as he solidifies his, his spot in the team. I think they can really use his pace permanently in that team. Just quickly on Bartz as well. Um, he played as that lockdown role on the weekend, scored a 60-odd, but Talia didn't play. And I feel like once Talia is back, he's that lockdown fullback and Correct. has been an All-Australian in that role. And I think if Butts can move himself as that sort of second or third tall where he can float off the second or, or third best forwards and I think get a few more of those intercept marks, which as we know, champion data love, I think he can 
push that 350, 400K mark and maybe get some 80 or 90s. All right, we'll move on. Essendon versus Hawks. What the fuck? <laughs> That's all I can say. I looked at the scores and Essendon were absolutely flogging them. And then I looked back over and there's a picture of one of the Hawks folks celebrating a one-point win. <laughs> just, like, um, just Essendon things. Yeah, just Essendon things. Um, They've been a walking meme for, for, for quite a while. Sorry to any Essendon fans tuning in. Notable ones, Titch. Very low percentage ownership. That'll that'll surely go up now. That'll that'll definitely change off off not much of a preseason to to stroll in round one and get thirty nine touches and drop one hundred thirty five super coach. I think a bit more confidence in his broken leg now. If you started him, kudos to you. Other notable ones: Will Day. Will Day. He's in one percent of teams. Only one thousand eight hundred odd teams. He's that really awkward price range of three hundred eighty k. Watching the highlights, he he was everywhere. I don't know how many disposals. He would have got a crap load of disposals. <laughs> like twenty eight touches, eight marks. So it looks like he's the one to play that Sicily role. And we know Sicily's out for the year with an ACL, so he might be a real smoky to try and get him in ASAP as a as a three hundred and sixty odd. Yeah, another one for draft. If you drafted him, or if he's on your waivers, bloody get him in snap him up yeah snap him up zach Merritt and andy mcgrath just doing what they do jordan ridley i think it's safe to say give him the ball one of the intriguing ones so i have jai caldwell in my side and people i have a feeling are going to trade him out he only got a 74 now he's priced three hundred forty-eight thousand. but the interesting thing and this is what i look at he got a 104 afl fantasy to 74 yep. AFL super coach. If he just cleans up that little bit of disposal, he can be top eight forward. Um, if you got him in forwards, I wouldn't have him in the midfield myself. Um, there's way like he'll be so far down the pecking order there, but up forward, he's got value. So I would hold, hold off trading, give him, give him seven or eight games. Now, the one that I want to talk about is uh, Coxie. He got a 33. I cannot see him getting dropped at this stage just because of the run that he provided like just watching back because i like to watch games back he was running 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 he's like that he's just that guy that you just want to leave out there yeah i think you'll get a really good shot in that essendon team and i think he's got an athletics background was recruited very high he wasn't projected to go sort of top 10 that he went but he just oozes potential he's a 200 centimeter winger he reminds me of someone that'll be molded into that real blitz abs role you know he'll have stints in the ruck he'll play he'll be a real utility he'll get moved around a lot but i feel like essendon are going to pump games into him and i feel like they're going to have him learn on the fly. He'll score 30s, but he'll score 80s every now and then as well. And I feel like he's someone that has good job security. He gave away three free kicks on the weekend, but first AFL game, huge wraps on him. And I, I don't see him losing his spot. So I feel like as a winger or a high half forward at 200 centimetres, I think he's he's got a role to play for years at Essendon. Yeah, I agree. So if you've got Cox, I wouldn't trade him out just yet. If he's not named on the weekend, just put him on your bench. He'll come back in, but I reckon he'll stay. Um, we'll go to Brisbane versus Sydney. Now, I've got a few to talk about here. Callum Mills, people, like I, I started him, 2.8% of teams. It's Ownership's probably gone up now. It's probably going to continue to go up. Playing in the guts, two goals, 29 disposals, eight marks, three tackles. Just I, I could see him being top three. Top three defender, I'm calling it now. Jakey Lloyd, don't trade him. I think some people are talking about trading him. Don't trade him. Don't trade your primos. Lock him in. Round one against the Crows last year. 
He got a 77 super coach. After that, he didn't drop below 100 for the rest of the year, and people were trading him out. Jakey Lloyd is a premium, like the best defensive option for a reason. Back him in. Tom Hickey did not mind the look of him. Uh, for some people that were starting him as R2, uh, he looked all right. Goulden, if you don't have Goulden. Get him in. Get him in. Simple as that. He was huge. Yeah. The other one that I want to talk about is Braden Campbell. Now, I think from all the hype that we've got about him, and we're like, oh, he's going to be a Rowell because someone compared him to a Matty Rowell. No one's going to be like a Matty Rowell. (laughs) We get one of those every 10 years. Yeah. But honestly, people are going to start benching Campbell, putting Jimmy Rowe on the field and whatnot if they've got him or if they got him in the mids, they're going to bench him. (laughs) It won't surprise me this week if Braden Campbell cracks 100. It will not surprise me. And that's the nature of rookies. The the higher scorers are going to change every week. It might be matchup dependent. Keep them in your team. Reminds me of um, when Jason Tut went absolutely bananas in his first game and got like 160 or something like that. It was some ridiculous score and then he wasn't heard from since. Yeah, yeah. That's the rookie rollercoaster, really. Yeah. Another rookie, McDonald. He's the one that surprised me as a key. Um, I want to know how he goes with Buddy in the side this week. Yes, that's um, huge. So, I mean, Logan McDonald, I think, will be the best player in this draft. He, I think he's going to be a star and a kick three goals on your debut. He's got 88 super coach, and that was playing as the main forward. And he's going to be learning from Buddy as well. I mean, what, what better role model to learn from than Buddy Franklin? Lockie Neal's another one where you just got to go, mate, a player of his ilk. Did people think that he didn't drop below 100 last year or something? He dropped below 100 three times last year. He got yeah. an 87, a 72, and a 55, and he still averaged as much as he did. Yeah, against a team that's like Sydney that do tag very heavily. Um, I didn't watch this game, but I'm assuming George Hewitt went with him, and it's just what Sydney do. Don't don't think about trading him. I think you're mad to trade him, even if it's going to make you 200k to start with. The 55 last year came against the Swans in round 17. Yep. So yep. So it's good that that's out of the way now. Round one. Don't stress if you've got Lockie Neal. You've got 77. That's probably going to be one of his lowest scores for the year. Yeah, I agree. Just keep him if you got him. I wish I had him. Um, but I tried to use my money elsewhere, but I, he will be one that I would definitely try and get in at some stage, but I still reckon we're going to be paying like 700000 for him. Now, there's two Brisbane players that I'm very intrigued by. One, Zach Bailey. He scored in the, what, 70s? Gave away five free kicks. That is huge. Imagine if, now, you just, let's drop that down to two or one. That's He's like, nudging 100. Yeah, exactly. The other one, Dane Zorko, my brother Dane. From one Dane to another, Dane Zorko. With the camera yep. not in the side, Dane Zorko just doing his own thing again. So dependable for so many years. Mm-hmm. He's ageing, but he'll be probably in that discussion as a top six to eight forward for sure. Yeah, 100%. We'll move on to the North Melbourne Port Adelaide game. Um, I'll let you kick this one off because uh, you've got a few that you want to talk about in this one. I do. So, um, Jaden Stevenson was huge, played that midfield role, missed a couple of goals as well. So, could have had a couple of goals and made it a real big sort of 140, 150 score. Davies Uniac was huge. I think he's going to have a real big uh, midfield role this year. Zeebel's one that I didn't pick. Um mainly because I just don't I don't trust a player that's played for so long that is a captain that their club doesn't even know where to play him. Um, I think um, I, I had yeah. Zebel for a long time, but with the rookie situation that arised and we had so many forward rookies, I thought, no, nah, I'll go Zebel down to a, a, a proper 120K rookie um, and use the yeah. money elsewhere. And 
as you said, the club don't even know where to play him. So he'll have different roles throughout the year. Uh, Luke McDonald was a late out and he, you know, Zebel played that halfback role and got plenty of the footy. But, I mean, he could well play forward pocket next week and not even get a sniff at the footy. So mm. I think he might be a bit up and down. He'll make some money, but I, I don't see it as a great option personally. Yeah, if he ends up going absolute gold, then good on you guys. But I, I mean, I've got wheelbarrow testicles, uh, which means I've got big balls, uh, but they're not that big. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I wouldn't be. I certainly wouldn't be wasting a trade at this stage to get him in if you've got Dangerfield and he gets three weeks. I wouldn't be looking to downgrade to Zebel because he's not going to be in his final squad. So that's two trades at least wasted. Yeah, Travis spoke. The man is like a fine wine. I he's don't. Aging fine wine. He's Benjamin Button. Like, <sighs> I know he started off last year like a house on fire as well. I I had him last year uh, from the start, and I was like, yeah, here we go. And then he had that little patch in the middle where he just kind of went a little bit flat, but then he came good again. Uh, but you expect yeah. that from time to time from mids. Uh, but again, the man started off like a house on fire. Yeah, if you got Boke, he's a good pod. Uh, such low ownership. People just think, oh, he's getting old. He can't keep doing it, and he just keeps doing it. Uh, Powell, like you got to, you got to have him. The kid got what nineteen disposals and one goal, one on the weekend. So yep. and went fifty two percent. I mean, if he gets that up to a seventy or eighty percent, he'll be scoring well. And as you said, his job security is as high as anyone else's in the yep. comp. Young midfielder, he'll get plenty of opportunities this year. Yeah, Goldie. I uh, don't know how many how many teams have started Goldie. Um, as a bit of a point of difference. Personally, I wouldn't go him, but man's capable of pumping out big scores. So there's yep. that. Yeah, so, uh, super coach legend for so many so many years. Uh, yeah. 4% of teams he's in. You may as well do another 50K and go Grundy. Um, or, personally, but if you started him, good on you. Or you could get the highest averaging ruck in all of super coach, which was in the Giants versus the St Kilda game, which is my boy, Matty Flynn. Matty bloody Flynn. He was just absolutely magnificent. Get Flynn. Flynn for the win. There you go. There's a hashtag. So Flynn for that the is win. a nice little segue into the Giants versus Saints. Coming up yep. against Hunter, first, first year ruckman as well, who struggled a little bit. Flynn won't get 140 every week. Going to make a bucket load. He's mature age, ready-made, and he's at that age where ruckmen start to kind of break out but not fully break out and priced at 123000 Usually you get like they finish the year at like the 500K range, that sort of the average. He'll be your last upgrade. The other one, <laughs> this this was weird. So I have Timmy Taranto myself. I honestly thought that I made a huge mistake at one stage there because I don't think he touched the ball in most of the first quarter. <laughs> and then he comes out, out of nowhere, gets 26 disposals, four tackles, three marks, one goal, two behinds, and he gets like 107 super coach. And I'm like, imagine if he had to touch the ball early. Like... <laughs> So he, he was playing that jack role. So basically he's spending his time between mid and forward um, because yep. the Giants have that many mids that play forward anyway, so they just keep rotating, rotating. They're, they're kind of oh, – I don't, don't like to say it, but we're kind of like a poor man's Western Bulldogs. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be a rich man's Western Bulldogs if your midfielders would stay at the club, but that'd yep. be a frustrating one as a Giants fan. Yeah, yeah. Our boy, Joshy Kelly, didn't quite crack the 100, but he kind of, I felt like he, he didn't leave first gear. 
So I don't know whether it was because it was wet and he couldn't utilise his speed and whatnot. So he like kind of eased off a little bit, but he still pumped out a 98. If you got Josh Kelly, don't be scared off by his 98. His scoring ability is insane. It's just his hammies. It's just his hammies. Yeah, yep. as you said, I think it's the wet weather. I mean, he's one of the best dry footy players in, in the country, so I, he'll be fine. Don't worry about him. I just want to bring up some of um, Kelly's previous stats. Oh, let, let's jump into 2020 for a second. Now, the guy probably, in my opinion, had one of his more off years, and I think the lowest lowest he got was 74. He went below 100, one, two, three, four times last year. One was a 74, one was a 95, 92, and 89. Then all the rest were fairly good with a big 195 in there. And then you go back one more year to 2019. His lowest score in the season was an 82. He only had three scores below 100, an 82, a 97, and a 95. And everything else was just in the hundreds. Like the man, if he can play every game and get to the best of his ability, in my opinion, he can be in the top four of the mids in the comp for super coach. So if you got him, don't be scared off by the 98 because of his price. Uh, he will get better. 100%. Um, and just fingers crossed that he can stay healthy this year. Yeah, correct. Tanner Brune, I don't think he will get replaced. I don't have him in my side. I did have him a lot of preseason. I'd rather have midfield rookies that play in the midfield, not midfield rookies. Like er Errol Goulden's the exception to the rule, though, it seems. But Tanner's a little bit more expensive and, like, he didn't look lost. He was doing the one percenters and everything, but he's, he's that team player and he wants to make everyone else better. And I don't think he will become really relevant super coach wise until he does play in the middle, unless he can transform himself into a Toby Green. But I don't think you can physically turn yourself yeah, into a so Toby Green. Hopefully he can hold his spot. But I mean, it's such a talented list at the GWS. You, you might be one more bad game and get away from getting dropped. Um, but hopefully not because we all started him. Yeah, the, the only worry that I would have uh, with him is Brent Daniels coming in and they pull him for Brent Daniels uh, because, as you know, Pato, the Giants are way better with Daniels in their side. Absolutely. <laughs> Such better. an underrated player, um, but he's just a glue guy um, and every team would love a, a Brent Daniels. So yeah. do yourself a favour. Next time you watch a GWS game, just have a look at the, the little things and the impact he has on the game. He's, mm. he's a great player. Yeah, and I just I think that would be the worry for Tanner um, is Brent coming in because he was injured. Yeah, look, St Kilda-wise, Steele got held um, quite comfortably in the second half. I think he only touched the ball once or twice in the second half. I don't know whether teams have worked him out or not. Yeah, so that was the biggest worry for me. I um I don't think he's going to eclipse 122. Um, if anything, he will get dropped down because he didn't mm. get attention last year. If anything, he was the one that went to those good midfielders and really played off them. But at the Saints, I mean, they're building their midfield group. But if you're going to look to lock down someone, it's probably Jack Steele now. Hunter Clark is another one in defence. He's one that... Again, I was looking at him pre-season, but then I thought when their guys come back, their midfield guys, will he still be relevant? I mean, he's posted a plus 100 score on the weekend, but when you got the midfield depth that they've got and those guys coming back in, I'm going to hold off on Hunter Clark. I reckon he does have the potential to be a top 8 to 10 defender, but I just want to see more and I want to see more when those guys are in the side with him because I don't want to jump on 
those guys come in and then all of a sudden he goes and just averages 80 or whatever um, when those guys are in the side. Tommy Highmore, I thought he played all right. Um, yeah, I, 60 from a defensive rookie. I mean, that's high for a defensive rookie. He's just got to hold his spot and make us money. That's that's the nature of the cash cow. One of the midfield pods that um, they were talking up in preseason uh, was Jackie Sinclair playing off halfback flank, being a bit of a seagull. He kind of wasn't a seagull against the Giants. Um, I don't know how many teams started him. It won't be many, but if he's in your draft league or something, I'd still hold him. I wouldn't personally have him in classic, uh, which is what we focus on. Yeah, that's that's just that. Uh, Hunter looks like he's going to remember big key forwards going up against big saucy merit, and in super coach they were cracking a hundred against him. Um, yeah. I feel like Hunter is going to be the new source merit in super coach in that if if he plays and he's not going to play many games now, not after Flynn absolutely destroyed him. If he plays, whoever he plays against is going to go big. That's what I just feel, unless they put McKernan more so on other people. But even then, McKernan's not that great. No, McKernan's only 194-odd centimetres. He's really undersized for Ruckman. And I'll look at round two's fixture. Maxi Gorn, he'd be licking his chops coming up against Hunter on the weekend. And Matt, Flynn can do a 140. What do you think bloody Maxi Gorn's going to do? Oh, 280 at least. (laughs) Slap the C on him. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Locked and loaded. Yeah, don't even yeah. VC. Don't even worry about VCing. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't even bother, to be honest. You can VC someone before, and even then you'd look at it and you'd be like, do I? Yep. <laughs> like, yep, they need to pump out like a 160 to even consider it. <laughs> yep, yep, agree, agree. Oh, man. So if you got Cummings, a coming, um, one, don't have coming. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty good advice, Dane. Yeah, that, yeah, just stick to number one. Don't have coming. That's, <laughs> that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, last game, West Coast versus the Suns. This one was intriguing. This one was intriguing. One of, one of their higher draft picks uh, from the Suns looks like he's starting to make that next step, which is Bose. Jack Bose went at 100% efficiency, which is so rare when you get 30 disposals. Um, if you started him, you're, you're an absolute genius. Um, and I wish you you shared the intel to a bit more of the Supercoach community. Um, I can't see him sticking to a 140 average. Um, and he definitely won't get 100% disposal efficiency every week, but would be a great POD. Mate, he went 28 kicks to two handballs, 14 marks. He only had two tackles. Like 28 kicks to two handballs. Just yep. feeding him the ball. Absolutely. The other, the other one, the other one that um I actually like that, and it's again that one AFL fantasy versus your super coach with the Jai. I'm gonna call it the Jai Caldwell. Is Oleg Markov, and you can talk about him because he's a former I, Tigers boy. I um really rate Oleg, and he was just so unlucky to be stuck behind Jaden Short, um and Basher Hawley. I uh, I wish him all the best. Um, unlike the other ex-Tiger in this team that we won't even mention because I can't even stand to look at him in the 2017 and 2019 Premiership uh, photos. But, I mean, 89-odd super coach, um, got plenty of the footy as well, 20 touches, 17 kicks. I think once he gets his feet, I think he'll be a really good player for the Suns and they've picked up a real good one there. Well, again, the AFL fantasy to super coach one. So what was his super coach just then? So 89, and he got 108 in fantasy or dream team, whichever yeah. one you play. Um, he was an absolute seagull. 
Like 20, yep. the 20 disposals, 14 marks. Absolute yep. seagull. Yep. If you've got him, I keep him, honestly, because yep. I, I can see him pumping out some 100s. He'll be a good cash cow. Um, he's kind of that mid, mid-range mid kind of cash cow, like high-end cash cow, sorry, I should say, kind of like your Zeeble. And I, I reckon he'll pump out a few 100s here and there and he'll make you some money. Yep. I agree. Um, the other young kid I love from Gold Coast, um, watched him have some huge games last year, Jack Lukosius. Popped out 102, missed a couple of goals, played on, played on the wing. Um, I thought he was going to play a, a halfback role, but obviously with Oleg coming in and um, Jack Bowes going to that role, um, he's been pushed up onto a wing. See, the funny the funny you should mention he got pushed up on the wing because most he's 79% he was in the defensive half with his uh, Telstra tracker there, but he's... Again, his disposal efficiency, 74%. Yeah, I like he's a high draft pick for a reason. Yep. Like, and he's yep. pe- people think high draft picks need to have an immediate impact. With with him, he's gonna he was a string bean when he got drafted. He's little little bit media, a little bit bulkier now. Uh he will need another couple of preseasons, but he's yeah, he he's not he's not a Whitfield though, like when Whitfield burst onto the scene kind of thing, but he can kind of play that sort of role if he wanted to. And I I'd, I actually want to see him push more into like the like the Whitfield. Everyone was like, oh, yeah, Whitfield going off half-back flank. A lot of the time, Whitfield was actually the one bringing the ball into the forward line. And I'd love to see Lukosius do that because I reckon he'd thread the needle so many times. It yeah, is not so funny. Good oh, so good. Um, so if you got Lukosius, good on you. Good on you. Um, he's going to be an interesting one, and I'm going to keep my eye firmly on him. He actually had two behinds. But, yeah, that split between defensive half and forward half is um, the one that really caught my eye. Tim Kelly had a had a nice day. He cracked the 110 mark. I think he got 114 or something. Um, Where 114, yep. Oh, 28 touches. I don't know how I remembered that. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll pull that one from the archives. Um, yeah, he, he was good. He's an option for Matt Rowell owners, and we'll talk about that a bit later. Jermaine Jones, I think he's priced at like 180K. Uh, he didn't play on the weekend. They didn't use him as the sub, but I reckon that they're going to they're gonna do it. He's been training with the midfield group. He's kind of like the forgotten player. I think he was previously at Geelong. He was, yes. Yeah, didn't quite crack it. Went over to West Coast Eagles, played as a forward, didn't quite crack it, and but they're saying he's a bit more mature now. And, yeah, they had him training in that midfield group. So it won't surprise me if he plays forward and rotates through the mids. Um, and it yep, won't so surprise the- me if he does play round two. Yeah, so he was the injury sub in round one. Um, obviously, we know the Eagles are dealing with a couple of midfielders out. Yeah, there's a spot there, I think, for him, for a couple of the underperforming guys from the weekend for the Eagles. Well, he's one to keep an eye on if, let's say, one of your rookies goes down or whatnot, or if he just bursts onto the scene, smashes out a couple of 100s, you've, his bubble won't, like, he won't be on the bubble until round four. So if you've got a rookie that you're not quite sure on and he bursts onto the scene, like, let's say you had a Nick Cox in the forward line and Nick Cox doesn't do much and he just doesn't play, and then Jermaine Jones pumps out two handy scores, it's almost a straight swap. So there's that. That's pretty much all we've got for the uh, round wrap-up there. Trading-wise, so I say trade Dangerfield if he's three-plus weeks. So he's been given the three weeks. Options for, sure. for Danger. If you got 
a mid-forward swinger from the midfield, try, you can trade him out. You can get a nice pod in Travis Boak. Huge pod. Um, I think a lot will jump on Boak. Yeah, you can bank that little bit of money, but you'd need a, a swing, like if you got Braden Campbell or someone um, in the midfield to swing up forward, so then he could do it. Um, or some people started Caldwell in the middle if you swing swung him up forward because he's better up forward than what he's is value in the middle. Get him up forward. Um, Dustin Martin, get Dusty in is my would be my number one priority. I've already got him. Josh Dunkley. The reason why I say Dunkley uh, is because I personally think that Dunkley and McRae for their position. So Dunkley up forward, McRae in the middle. They're the two locks for um, the doggies, and let's say Caleb Daniel in defence. They're the Dunkley will be a top. He's in my big four. He's in my big four for up forward. Dude can slap out a 170 like it's nothing. So those yep. guys are who you want. So that's, they're, they're my kind of options for the danger field trade. Um, but if you don't have, well, if you, let's say you, like me, you do have Dunkley and you do have Martin, what do you do? Well, one option, Dane Zorko. I like Dane, and the other one I like is um, still side bottom. He has been announced as playing this weekend. Um, I think jump on Steel, but Steel's the one that when they're up and going, if you stop that, um, you'll stop Collingwood. So yeah, absolutely. Now the Raul dilemma: if you've got both, like me, um, I'd honestly go let's say a Zorko because Zorko should have really, if he did, if he reduced, let's say three of those frees against, he's looking at a one hundred and forty. The man is a beast. You bank that little bit of coin. You then go Raul. You can switch Rory Laird in defence. You can switch Laird up into the midfield and then get a defender in. Or you could do, a, I don't know, an eight and five. If you've got him in defence as a loop, switch him into the mids. So then you can loophole some of those uh, midfield rookies or even a, a sharp from Brisbane if he's in defence, flick him up to the midfield yep. and then get in one of those defenders because the defensive rookies aren't scoring that great. You're better off having an extra primo up there like a... I know you can afford like a Ridley um, if you do both the Dangerfield and Real trade. You can do Caleb Daniel. Yeah, you can do Caleb Mills. You can do any of those guys. If you've if you've got like a a Highmore on field, you push him onto the bench. Then you get a Mills. That's almost like let's say Mills goes out with a one ten and Highmore gets a sixty. There's a fifty point difference right there, and you can then try and let's say you got you flicked five from your defence into your middle. You can use that loop option. But if you've just got Raul and you're wanting to trade him just to a straight mid, Taranto's one of them. Tim Kelly. Um, I'm just going to actually look at Tim Kelly's price because I want to see if it's a straight swap. Um, 5.17. 5.17. Oh, so you need you need to hope that you have a little bit of coinage there, 20K left over or something. If you can't get him, LDU is an option. Again, going back to the fact that Cunnington's got to come back into the team, same with those other guys. Um, I don't think wary. that will really affect LDU. I think more so it would affect Stephenson. LDU yep. is just LDU. Yeah, He was playing those pracky games with Cunnington and with Anderson, and he was killing it, absolutely killing it. If not, I reckon LDU might actually – increase his disposal rate with them there with like Cunnington feeding him the ball and whatnot. Um, yeah, that's, that's just my thoughts though. Um, 
yeah, that's that's another option for people that they can do. We'll move on to the round preview, though. Um, so into round two, we're not called Captain Supercoach for no reason. We will give you some VC and C options uh, with this. Uh, so first game Thursday night, Carlton versus Collingwood. Take it away, Pato. Yeah, so if you've got um, Cripps or Walsh, I think um, they're some decent options. Cripps, unfortunately, was my vice captain last week and let me down. But against an, a depleted Collingwood midfield who have lost a couple of their stars, I think if you've got some uh, gonads, he might be able to bounce back. Um, I think the big one here is Grundy against Pittenet. Um After a, a relatively poor showing in round one, I think he's going to be pretty hungry to to really bounce back and, and let his super coach owners um Yeah, he's gonna say a big fuck you to everyone. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> he's gonna be like, fuck you for trading me out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, he's I'd love I'd love to know um his actual previous history. Let's look back to twenty nineteen. Cause we'll we'll skip twenty twenty because twenty twenty was a bit of a write off. Twenty nineteen. Let's have a look against the blues. 141. There you go. <laughs> there you go. And obviously go. not against Pitnet, but. Yeah, but then we'll go to 2020. We'll have a look at the big man up against Pitt, 127. There you go. Yeah. So yeah. so I think he's, he'd have to push 140 for me to even consider him um, as, a, as a VC for this particular round, but great history against Carlton. His last three were 127, 141, and 154. So he loves playing against the Blues. Yep, yeah, And cool. I think he'll be pretty keen to have a big one after a poor game last weekend. Yep. Geelong versus Brisbane, the Battle of the Spooners. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Never thought I'd ever, ever say that this year yeah. at any stage. No danger field. Ooh, no danger field. Lockie Neal. Lockie Neal to bounce Lockie back. Neal. Yep. Oh, um, yeah. I think if you don't have Grundy, I think Lockie Neal's the one, your VC. Friday night, big stage. Um, he'll be pretty keen to to appease from last weekend. Unless uh, there, there's, a, there's a left field option here, and that'll be Tom Stewart, mainly because the man doesn't do much and cracks 100, in my opinion. Like, he, he, it doesn't look like he's even trying. If you got Joe Danaher spraying the ball, who's there to mop it up but Tom Stewart? So It's an, it's an interesting one. If you've got Tom Stewart, and I don't, I don't think he can go 140 like you want from your captains, but he might. Yeah, I, he's, he's a left field option for me, and it's a VC. Like if it doesn't pay off, further down in the matter. round, it doesn't really yep. matter because we yep. will talk about Especially that. if you've got the big MG. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we'll go Sydney versus Adelaide. This one's got me intrigued. You can do a Mills VC if you wanted to. Um, yep, or a Lloyd to, to Lloyd. bounce back after, oh. after dusting the cobwebs off in round one. Wouldn't surprise me if he slapped out a 140, in all honesty. Yep. Um, left field options. I have actually seen I have actually seen teams trade in Tex Walker. <laughs> Bit I crazy for me. Um, I would big, avoid big like forwards do <laughs> um, big forwards do tend to have big games a couple of times a year and he's just happened to do it round one. Yeah. Next round it might be Tom Hawkins, Jack Rewalt, um, don't pick key forwards. Yeah, you just um, pick the mids that play forward. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you got the, don't waste if, a trade. I'm going to say this: if you got the balls to do 
Taylor Walker VC, and he does what he did in round one, and you take it, you send me a screenshot, and I will buy you a beer. I will buy you a goddamn beer. Or a Zinger box. That's the, oh. uh, the KFC Super Coach nads you know, of the year. They're still doing towers. They're still doing towers at the moment. I went to, I went to, um, so I'm from country Victoria, everyone. I went to the KFC in Yarrawonga, ran out of hash browns. KFC in Wangaratta, run out of hash browns. Why do you have the tower burger if you're going to run out of hash browns? Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was hungry, man. Um, <laughs> any, <laughs> uh, Rory Laird is another VC option. Yeah, I think I think if you've got Lloyd Mills, I think they're the two probably yeah. from that game. I've got all three at this stage, and I think if I was going to VC someone from this game, it's probably Lloyd, even though Mills scored 60-odd more. I think Lloyd's ceiling is just huge. And against a team like Adelaide, I think, even though they were so impressive on the weekend, yeah, I think Lloyd would be my VC if I was picking someone from this team, this game. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's going to be like, oh, why not see? You'll see short, soon enough. Well, Port Adelaide versus Essendon. <laughs> Travis Boke, if you Boke. got him. Boke, yeah. All oh. merit. Um, Port Adelaide don't tend to tag very much, but I think, yeah, if you've got Boke, I think you could chuck the VC on him pretty com- oh. pretty confidently against Essendon. Yeah. Aging like a fine wine, as we said before. Yeah. And you got enough time to know what Boke's score would be too uh, by the time that you see game would be played, which would be the next one. But anyone from Essendon that tickles your fancy? Um, Not like overly. Merritt, if you've got him, maybe. Maybe a Ridley. It. Um, I wouldn't really trust Ridley, though. I think he's more of like a... Yeah, I, Port Adelaide are too good, I think, going forward to, to for him to mop up too many of those poor inside 50s that make him score so well. Yeah, I'm usually... I have a blanket rule of, um, a blanket rule of 130. So if your VC scores yep. above 130... You take, take it because you just don't know. And I think we worked out one time the, the points difference, even if someone gets like a 150, they get 300 from the 150 and then they get your 130 on top of yep. it. So there's yeah 430 points. Whereas if you, let's say, take your 130, double it to 260, then chuck the 150 on top of it, there's not that much difference. It's 410, yeah. Yeah. So... That's why I have the blanket rule of 130. But I think the blanket rule of 130 goes out the window this round for this game, St Kilda versus Melbourne, the big yep. big two-man hunter v. Gorn. If Matty Flynn can slap a 140 out, back Gorn in for 160-plus, honestly. At least, yep. I mean, Oliver Steele would be great options if they weren't playing in the same game as Max Gorn. Um, yeah, we don't even Gorn. have to talk about it. We know. If you're going to do it. What I'm kind of thinking of doing, which is VC gone, you got to realise that if you've go, if you're doing the Fife loophole, the Fife from Suns, the it, the game is at seven twenty five p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time for St Kilda Melbourne, and then it's you got half an hour, eight ten p.m. Sun for the Suns versus North. So you're gonna have to basically look at it and go, Maxi Gorn's on. 60 at quarter time, take it. <laughs> like That's if you're doing the Fife one. I wouldn't do the Fife one. I reckon some of the rookies might not play. You're going to have a loophole option anyway. But yeah, anyway. I don't, next- think, um, I don't think there's any issues with the four games that are before the Melbourne game. Um, if you can't find a, a good VC option out of those four games, which some very big players playing in, just chuck the C straight on Gorn in my eyes. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Suns versus North. If you nah. don't have Gorn, 
So let's say you don't have Gorn because a lot of people didn't start Gorn. So Suns versus North Melbourne, I can't see anyone. No, there's no options here. I think, you know, if you look at the Sunday games, there's a few options there. If you think Dusty can replicate what he did last weekend, but keep in mind, Hawthorne towed us up last year and the master coach himself uh, against The Apprentice. Clarko might come up with something against Richmond again and might shut down Dusty, but at the same time, Dusty could still be Dusty and score 140-odd. The, uh, the other option there, um, Tommy Mitchell. Um, yep, if you've got Tommy Mitchell. Richmond don't tend to tag. We, we sent someone to Crips on the weekend with Jack Graham, but was more of a bounce off him and, and get the get the clearances and yeah. make sure he doesn't get them. Um, but we don't tend to tag too much. So, you know, Richmond midfields do ten- generally give up big scores to opposition mids. So Tom Mitchell's a good one, mate. Now, let's let's say, for instance, you don't have any of the big hitters, don't have your Gorn, you don't have your Grundy, you're bound to have one or the other, but I have some seen some sides that do not have Gorn or Grundy. Let's say that you want a VC on the Sunday. VC, Jaden Short, there's an option. Interesting one. Yeah. Interesting well, just, one. Just because I can see him using the ball way too much in this game. I can see him going ridiculous. The only thing that's a little bit shady about that is the weather. I believe there's a bit of rain around on the weekend in Melbourne, um, and that's the only thing that could potentially hamper his score. Yeah, valid point there. Bulldogs versus Eagles, McRae, but the other one, which I spoke to you about prior to this, and it's my left field, Dana's doozy, Josh Dunkley. Since changing role in 2018, has never scored below 105 against the West Coast Eagles. So he's got 105 in 2018, 119 in 2019, then 151 in 2020. And we know how much the West Coast Eagles love a good travel and never complain about having to travel anywhere. Exactly. The game's at Marvel Stadium. If you've got Dunkley and you don't have Gorn, I think he's a really good option for a captain. Yeah, he's, I'm backing that one in. And again, if you don't have Dunkley and you've got Dangerfield and Dangerfield cops three weeks, trade him to Dunkley because he's going to go absolutely wild, in my opinion, at Marvel. If you've got the Bont, I'm, I'm expecting the Bont to bounce back is another option. With the Eagles, I can't... No, I can't, there's no really yeah, options, I don't think. I, don't, I can't really see any options there. Yeah, like Gaff just showed that he can get towed up if you've got Gaff. Um, Tim Kelly, eh, yeah, I'd, no, I'd be more, not, more inclined. Not against the Bulldogs midfield. Yeah, I wouldn't correct. be backing any midfield against any midfielders against the Dogs because they're just too good at winning the ball. Yeah, no, I agree. Last one is Fremantle versus the Giants. Uh, Nat Fife. Um, Fife is life. The funny thing is this one might cripple me. Uh this week because I've got Fife and Kelly. Last year, Fife and Kelly, when they when the Giants played up there, even though the Giants won, Fife and Kelly did not crack, I don't even think, 80. Yeah, so the issue is you've got to be worried about Matty DeBoer. Um, so good mm. at tagging when he plays that role and could take Fife out of the game. The other one is Brayshaw, whether he tags Brayshaw. It won't surprise me if he does both. Because Matty DeBoer, when Fife goes forward, will be absolutely useless. He's better at just running and sticking to players like glue. Like Fife's too good in the air, like another key forward. Yeah, 100%. So it won't surprise me if Fife floats forward way more than normal to shake a DeBoer tag, but that would leave Brayshaw to cop the tag there. Josh yep. Kelly, 
Yeah, I, it's hard to pick Josh Kelly's good history against teams. Yeah. Because he just decides he wants to absolutely slap out a 180 or a 200 or a 195, whatever he wants. out of nowhere. Yeah, and it's, yeah, so. Good VC option, but if he's playing the last game on a Sunday, I wouldn't put the C on him. Yeah, that valid one there. Um, left field choice, Timmy Taranto, but again, I wouldn't put the C on him. He's more of a vice-captain option. Yeah, and Freo looking so good defensively, I think um, could be a really low-scoring game, this one. Yeah, but if you've got the biggest balls on the planet, Matt Flynn. Big M Flynn. <laughs> the big M Flynn against Lloyd Meek. Lloyd yep. um, Meek. I mean, it would, it would take some balls, but, I mean, I've seen crazier things. I'm, I've got him in my draft in um, the draft doctor's draft league. Matt Flynn, I got him off the wafers. And part of me just wants to captain him in that. <laughs> just, just Back to him make, in. You've been on him uh, for two years. No, I backed him. I backed him in just to be a player. I didn't. I honestly didn't expect him to go one forty. I don't think anyone did. I expected him though to go one ten, and people yep. were like, "Nah," as if like, "No." I just expected him to crack a hundred. I expect him to crack a hundred against um, Froyo as well, especially if it's dry, because the man is a dry weather specialist, and like you saw his hands in the wet. The man will absolutely dominate in the dry, just like GWS generally do. They're not the greatest wet weather players on the planet. That's it. Yeah, but anyway. So there's our captaincy options, but uh, we'll finish on this one, Pato. Supercoach do's and don'ts. What's your first supercoach do? Do start as many playing rookies as possible. I'm going to say a don't to that one. Don't trade out a rookie to get a loophole option to get one rookie's one-round score. You're better off having as many talent. on the field, like you said, as possible. And I've yep. seen a few of the top teams in the top 1,000 uh, have done that, and it's going to come back to bite them. It's a marathon, not a sprint, guys. If you've got Absolutely. a James Last 100 on the bench, just cop it. Yeah. Last year's winner started about 50K um, and came back and won it. It's not one in round one. Yeah. Cop we- it on the chin and field him next week. Yeah. Super coach, do... Do back in your primos. Back Absolutely. in. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, Gorn, Grundy, Lloyd, Neil, they all had poor weeks, but super coach royalty, you don't trade them out. Yeah, and you will you will regret it. Back your primos back in. in. You, you picked them for a reason. Unless they get injured or suspended for over three weeks, back them in. Yeah, like your rails and your danger fields. Now, a don't. What's a don't that you have, Pato? Don't chase a mid-pricer that scored a high score this week. Wait and see. Yeah, I am with you on that one. Like a Stevenson, wait, see what happens, especially when Anderson, Dumont, and my boy Cunnington come back in. Wait and see. Another one I would say is do back in the mid-prices that you've already got, like your Caldwells and stuff. Look at them and see their disposals and whatnot. If they had a poor disposal game, Wait till they come good. You're going to have more problems in the future when you're burning a trade, you trade it to someone else, and then all of a sudden that guy comes good, and then you've got rookies, let's say, that aren't playing and you're struggling to field a side. Yeah, absolutely. You're better off getting those rookies in, like your Gouldens. Let's say your big three. Your big three rookies, your Rowe, your Flynn, and your Goulden. Get them in to start with. There will be a new big three this week, they're going to be the the biggest ones that you want to get because that 
And for anyone that doesn't understand break-evens, it's a three-round rolling average. You want yep. so Gordon's to have 139 the good, yeah. goes by round four. Whereas if he got the 139 in round two or three, it's like round three would be ideal because it stays in for three weeks. Round two, though, is still good because it stays in for two rounds. So there might be a James Jordan or something like that, someone that showed potential, a Berry from Adelaide, someone like that. It won't, like I said, it won't surprise me if Nick Cox comes out and slaps out an 80 or something like that. So yep. look, too look much for those guys. Try and hold off if you can trade this week. If you don't have Dangerfield and you don't have Rail, good on you. Don't trade. Don't trade. Absolutely. See, see how those rookies go. You might trade in a rookie this week and then all of a sudden they drop the next. You've just burned a trade. Yep. So wait for them to go on the bubble, which is round three. Okay. That's pretty much all we got time for here today, guys. Uh, thanks, Pato. Thanks, mate. Pleasure. And we will get the Facebook page up and running and upload this to it. And hopefully you guys keep on listening, share it around, get around us on Facebook. We will start a Twitter. When the Twitter gets up, we will post it. And then you can start tweeting in stuff to us. So once again, thank you for listening to Captain Supercoach. These are the captains signing off.